After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Stop. 
Negatory road 
Good morning and welcome everybody to another amazing day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. My name is Nahum Siegel and we are live on a Wednesday morning. It was a was an absolute delight to speak with everybody yesterday from Jerusalem, from Israel. As all the Yomats, all the Israel Independence Day festivities were going on. And my thanks again to Mayor Weingarten and to Yoni Pollock who were in studio here during the JM and the AM Yomats Israel Independence Day celebration. It was uh, it was something, uh, as we described yesterday. It was just uh, it was something, and um, we're we're now in year number seventy, and I'm not going to let anybody forget that. We are now in year number seventy, the seventieth anniversary of the birth of the state of Israel, is uh, coming up next uh, next year in 2018, and we'll just be we'll be talking about it for 12 months, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um. Anyway, it is a Wednesday on this May 3rd, the 7th of ER, day number 22 in the counting of the Omer. That's three weeks and one day. Three weeks and one day, day number 22 in the counting of the Omer. And um, if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Uh, some of the selections we've been doing for you in this uh, sphere of format, Gamki Eilech was, a- was a.k.a. Pella. You heard Ari Goldwag with Finally Here, Baruch HaGever, done by Schlockrock. Barry Weber and Anna Bakoach, Al-Kain Sion, the Tavrami Flam. The Maccabees had Aleinu, and from Regesh, Modaani opening things up. And, of course, we say good morning. Plenty of special guests this morning at JM in the AM. We are in our sphere of format, and uh, we will be dominating this morning with some great discussion about events and different things happening in our community. 
And, uh, of course, all through the day today, uh, we have an amazing lineup of um, wonderful programming, and I certainly hope that uh, everybody has an opportunity to literally keep the Nahum Siegel Network on all through the day and enjoy our uh, wonderful programming. Simple as that. More coming up. It is a uh, JM in the AM Wednesday Sphere format back in the New York City studios of the Nahum Siegel Network. And uh, this comes from the Y Studs. Hashem, 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 Hashem,
before 7 o'clock, live from our uh, NSN studios in New York City. Comes it's in the rain is where you'll find those selections. Uh, that is a um, a version of Haben Yakir Lee. Before that, Modaani, both off of Comes it's in the rain, volume 3. Acapella Soul, volume 4, with Ari Goldwag. That's Hineni Biyadcha, Hatov, done by the Shira Choir, and the Y Studs had Hashem Melech in there uh, on a, a Sphera format. Wednesday here at JM in the AM. Seven minutes before the hour. It's uh, May the 3rd, the 7th of ER. Today is day number 22 in the counting of the Omer. 22. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It was an absolute delight to bring you um, some of the spirit of Yom Ha'atzma'ut, some of the spirit of Israel Independence Day yesterday uh, while we were traveling to uh, the Holy Land. It was really... Just an incredible and wonderful day, and you get a uh, such a, a one such a wonderful perspective on on the entire um, celebration and the meaning of the day when you're there in Israel. And as I kept saying yesterday, we're now in year seventy, and for the next year or so, I would bet we'll be talking about the seventieth anniversary of the, of the uh, birth of the state of Israel as um, we get ready one year from now for that massive celebration. Should be a good one. Uh, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem is coming up. That anniversary happens on May the 24th. Many of you are familiar with that. And um, if you go to Mizrahi.org slash YY50, Mizrahi.org slash YY50, you can get information about celebrating Yom Yerushalayim in Yerushalayim, which we'll be doing, please God. And it should be a uh, it should be a remarkable time, just like yesterday, uh, Independence Day, Yom Ha'atzma'ut, should be pretty remarkable being in Israel and in Jerusalem specifically for the big celebration of Yom Yerushalayim coming up on the 24th of May. I got a, um, I got such a, a wonderful comment on the app that I want to share with everybody. Listen to Devorah, who's been in touch with us and actually listens from Israel on a regular basis. She writes, Nachum, good morning. It was special to hear an American program celebrating with us yesterday. Just a taste of our special nation. Some families, mine included, go to army bases to make a barbecue for the soldiers serving on the base. Talk about feeding an army. <laughs> it's a special experience for all. Thank you, listener Devorah, and thanks to everybody out there who commented on the app yesterday during our Yomatsmud. Israel Independence Day celebration. 
It was uh, extra special having all the people uh, comment and uh, be part of our uh, very special and important program. Um, this is a brand new one from 613, and it's a good one. Sim Shalom. You are listening to the Nahum Segal Network and JM in the AM. Sim Shalom. Tova. Uvracha. Chain Bachesed Virachamim Aleinu. Ve'alko. Ve'alko Yisrael Amecha. Shalom done by 613 off of the CD entitled Blessings. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app. 
In the background, Galitzal. We'll do our news from Israel. Ooh, there we go. We'll do our news from Israel coming up and plenty more. Want to remind everybody that Project Ezra is presenting this coming Thursday, tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m., an event entitled Climbing the Career Decision Tree, how the science of behavioral economics can help you achieve the career you want. Gary Belsky, former editor-in-chief of ESPN the magazine and principal at Ellen Road Partners, uh, will be speaking. He's a best-selling author of eight books, Why Smart People Make Big Money Mistakes and How to Correct Them, etc., etc. He speaks on behalf of Project Ezra, at Renat, 389 West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck, tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Information, contact Project Ezra. You can go to Ezra.org, Ezra with an H at the end, .org, for information on that. Golly, it's all in the background. I think our newscast is coming up. It's day 22 in the counting of the Omer. Good to be back in our New York City studios after an amazing journey for Yom Ha'atzmaut to the Holy Land. Hope you enjoyed our Yom Ha'atzmaut special yesterday. Day 22 in the counting of the Omer, three weeks in one day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Toe from Jam the בעקבות החלטת אונסקו אמש, ראש הממשלה נתניהו מכריז על קיצוץ נוסף של מיליון דולר מהכספים שישראל מעבירה לאום. כתבנו מיכאל שמש שמע אותו. להתנכלות השיטתית הזאת יש מחיר. בעקבות ההחלטה הוריתי למנכ"ל משרד החוץ יובל רותם להפחית מיליון דולר נוספים מהכספים שמעבירה ישראל לאום. ישראל לא תשב מנגד בזמן שהארגון קורא לשלול את ריבונותנו בירושלים. בישיבת הממשלה הודיע גם נתניהו שיתמוך בתוכניתו של שר האוצר כחלון להפחתת מיסים נטו למשפחה. הממשלה תדון היום בהצעתו של שר האוצר להגדלת נקודות זכות להורים עובדים. אני תומך בזה, כולם כאן תומכים בזה, כי מדיניות הממשלה היא לעודד יציאה לעבודה, זה נכון גם כלכלית, גם חברתית, זוהי המדיניות שלנו. ניסיון פיגוע דקירה במחסום שועפאט. פלסטיני שהגיע למחסום שלף סכין במהלך הבידוק ונעצר. לא היו נפגעים באירוע. מדווח כתבנו אריאל זיגלר. צעיר פלסטיני שהגיע למחסום שועפאט מכיוון מחנה הפליטים התבקש במהלך הבידוק הביטחוני להוציא תעודה מזהה ואז שלף סכין גדולה מכיסו. כוחות הביטחון במקום השתלטו עליו ללא יריע ומבלי שהצליח לפגוע באיש. הצעיר תושב מחנה הפליטים שועפאט בן 21 נעצר והועבר לחקירת כוחות הביטחון. יושב ראש הקואליציה דוד ביטן מהליכוד אומר ליעל דן כי במפלגתו ישמחו לדחות שוב את עלייתו לאוויר של תאגיד השידור הציבורי, אך לא התעקשו לעשות זאת ללא הסכמת משרד האוצר. יש לנו סיכום עם שר האוצר ולכן שום דחייה לא תהיה אם שר האוצר לא יסכים. זה צריך קודם כל להעביר, למרות שהעמדה שלנו היא שזה לא זמן מספיק כדי לסיים את זה. אני אסיים את הליכי החקיקה עד ה-15. הבעיה שכנראה נצטרך דחייה לצורך הקמת התאגיד, תאגיד החדשות החדש. מתה מפצעיה הולכת רגל כבת 70 שנפגעה היום ממשאית בנתניה. בתאונה אחרת, סמוך למועצה המקומית ריינה שבצפון, נפצע קשה גבר כבן 60. מסוק מד"א הוזנק לאירוע. בתוך כך המשטרה עצרה בשעה האחרונה תושב אשדוד בן 49, בחשד שהיה מעורב בתאונת פגע וברח בעיר, בה נפצעה אישה באורח קשה. ידיעה שריכזו כתבינו רמי שני וטל זרביב. תקרית בטיחות באוויר במהלך מטס יום העצמאות, כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון, טל אברהם. תקרית הבטיחות התגלתה רק לאחר שהמטוסים נחתו והתגלה שפשוף בין כלי הטיס, שמצביע על נגיעה ביניהם. 
וצה"ל טוענים שבשום שלב לא נשקפה סכנה לחיי אדם, ומדובר בהתקרבות מסוכנת. זאת למרות שמסתמן שמטוסי ההרגולס נגעו אחד בשני במהלך הטיסה. האירוע מתוחקר כעת בחיל האוויר. בשורה לנהגים לעתיד, מהיום ניתן להנפיק רישיונות נהיגה בכל סניפי דואר ישראל ברחבי הארץ. כתבנו יותם לוי. השירות שצפוי להפחית את העומסים במשרדי הרישוי לא יינתן לבעלי רישיון נהיגה, להם חלות הגבלות מטעם רשויות המדינה, ועל כאלו הנדרשים להשלמת בדיקות ראייה. בשלב זה התשלום עבור הנפקת הרישיונות בסניפי הדואר יתבצע במזומן בלבד. ומזג האוויר התקררות קלה. אלה החדשות שעורכת משי ג'רסי.
J.M. in the A.M. It's a Wednesday. My name is Nachum Siegel, back in our New York City studios. Hope you enjoyed our Yom Mot special. It was amazing being in Israel for the day to celebrate Israel's Independence Day. My thanks to both Mayor Weingarten and Yoni Pollock for being in studio yesterday here in New York. Uh, you heard Hentelach. You heard uh, Hine Matov, done, uh, both done by A.K.A. Pella. You heard Bitachon's Ani Mamen in there. It is a Sphere of Format Wednesday. Day 22 in the counting of the Omer. If you got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Uh, 60 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high of 61 in this area. Yerushalayim is at 71. Really nice weather yesterday in Yerushalayim. 
actually felt really hot at some points during the day. Um, here we're at 60 right now in the uh, New York City area, and we thank you very much for joining us here at um, at JM in the AM. Uh, we have a we have a couple of hours, actually, say about 90 minutes filled with some great guests coming up starting at 7:30 this morning. So be patient, everybody. We're going to be filling your morning with some very interesting conversation about things that are happening in our community. I do remind everybody that the Stay Road Dinner, the uh, Stay Road Hesder Institution's annual dinner, is coming up on May 9th. That's this coming Tuesday night at Terrace in the Park. You don't want to miss it. First of all. The Honorable Ayala Chaked, Israel's Justice Minister. The Honorable Alon Davidi, the Mayor of Stay Road. The Honorable Ambassador Danny Dayan. They're all going to be a part of the program on uh, Tuesday night. In addition to that, some phenomenal honorees as we get to pay tribute to people who are keeping the city and the yeshiva of Stay Road going. And I hope that um, hope everybody has an opportunity to be there. Get your reservations in. Um... Get your reservations in. Stayroat.org is the website, S-D-E-R-O-T.org, or 718-650-6091, 718-650-6091 for information. By the way, Fagy Zakheim was on the air Friday about Culinary for a Cause. It's tonight, Culinary for a Cause number three, with people like Aviva Friedman, S.D. Wolby, uh, Sylvia Thallis, Ari White, Mark Garfink, all these amazing um, uh, chefs. And the people who have something to do with kosher and Jewish food, uh, they're going to be at the Young Israel of Avenue K tonight for Culinary for a Cause to benefit Ha'or Beacon. So Culinary for a Cause takes place tonight, 7 p.m. at the Young Israel of Avenue K. Uh, information, you can go to culinaryforacause.com. And uh, it's always an amazing event, and a lot of people are looking forward to tonight. So get ready. It's going to be a great event. Culinaryforacause.com gets you all of the info. Uh, trying to see what else I have to remind everybody about. I think that's it for now. Go back to some of our uh, acapella selections. Be back with plenty more on a Wednesday morning from our New York City studios at JM in the AM. Nai <laughs> לעולם ועד. והיה השם למלך על כל הארץ ביום ההוא יהיה השם אחד ושמו אחד אוי נאנאי 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 נאי נאי נאנאי 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 Nine, <laughs> 
והיה השם למלך, למלך על כל, על כל הארץ, ביום ההוא יהיה השם, אחד ושמו אחד. אוי, והיה השם למלך, למלך על כל, על כל הארץ, ביום ההוא יהיה השם. אחד ושמו אחד, אוי נאי 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 נאי
J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Leif Tahar, that selection is done by 613 off of the album entitled Encore. Uh, before that, you heard the um, Mishorim Choir with Lamana High. Nice version of Lamana High, by the way. That's a good one uh, here at J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning, day 22 in the counting of the Omer. I thank you for joining us. Morning clouds, afternoon sun, the high in New York, about 61 degrees. Uh, a big thank you to everybody for the response and the reaction to yesterday's Yom Ha'atzmut celebration here at JM and the AM. It was an honor to be in Israel for the show. Great having Mayor Weingarten here in studio, and I thank Yoni Pollock as well. It was really a... Um, a wonderful avenue to celebrate together. This uh, radio program has become an incredible avenue over the years to celebrate together and be part of a shared experience. So I thank everybody who listened, and I thank everybody who commented. We really got amazing reaction. Thank God. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Chavetz Chaim observes that the Geula Shalema, the final redemption, is a hope in the heart of every Jew. Klal Yisrael should never despair of its arrival, nor should we lose heart by contemplating that if the earlier generations, who were perhaps worthier of redemption, and they didn't merit the Gula, so how is it possible that we will earn it? The reason that Klal Yisrael is in Golos, as it says in Yeshaya, it is for your sins that you have been sold. 
It's explained in Daniel. Hashem decrees a specific number of years in Golos, and there are trials and tribulations that expunge our Averus and gain a pardon for Klal Yisroel. Once the decree is fulfilled in its entirety, the Geula is forthcoming. In order to merit the redemption at an earlier time, Klal Yisrael would need additional schuyos, merits, to absolve us of our debt, the Averus for which we have not merited forgiveness. Ultimately, though, even if we don't merit the Geula because we don't have the schuyos, still, the time limit for the Golos, when it expires, like the years of the Jewish slave servitude, we will be freed. The great tzaddik, Ramoshaleb of Sasov, used to travel from city to city to collect money for Achnos's Kala. On one journey, he was accosted by a band of robbers. It was in the forest between two cities. They encircled him, and they were ready to kill him. All of a sudden, the head of the bandits called out, Wait a minute! That is the great rabbi of Sasov. I will not allow anyone to harm him. The bandit in command had once been a poor man. He went from door to door to support himself. When he came to the marketplace in the city of Broad, he was told that anyone that goes to the rabbi's house will be greeted with compassion. Ramosha Leib gave him bread and soup. He comforted him, gave him words of encouragement. The robber recalled the kindness that the great Sadiq had accorded him. He told Ramosha Leib, that one of the members of their group had learned Torah in his youth. Ramosha Leib right away wanted to speak to him. However, when he asked him a question in the Gemara, the man couldn't answer. Ramosha then asked him a question in Chumash. Again, the man could not answer. Humiliated, the group decided that this young robber deserved a serious lashing, and they began to hit him and beat him. Deeply troubled by this turn of events, Ramosha Leib began to beg for mercy. Eventually, they let the young robber alone, but ordered him to escort Ramosha Leib to the next town. As they walked, Ramosha Leib engaged the man in conversation, and he persuaded him to leave the band of robbers and return to his roots. He was curious. He wanted to understand how the young man had withstood so many heavy blows of the rest of the band of robbers. The young man answered, Ah, we thieves are accustomed to the punishment. We often hit each other. We get into fights. And sometimes the police beat us in order to get information. Each time I am struck, I think to myself, They can't hit me forever. This must be the last strike of the whip. Ramosha Leib would often repeat this to Yidin who came to him to tell him of their bitter tsaros. He explained that the measure of their Yisurim may have already been meted out and the very next day might possibly bring the Geula. After all, you cannot be hit forever. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. for a uh, a Wednesday morning. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. This is Rabbi Goldwasser, of course, and I thank him for his poignant words, both on Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzma'ud earlier this week. Sharsheret, the only national not-for-profit organization dedicated to addressing the needs of Jewish women and families of all backgrounds facing breast 
and ovarian cancer hosts its annual benefit luncheon this coming Sunday, May the 7th, starting at 10.30 in the morning at the Teaneck Marriott at Glen Point, which is in Teaneck, New Jersey. They are expecting hundreds of people to be there. They'll recognize the incredible contributions of Sarah Rudolph Olshin, the benefit honoree, Rena Cole, recipient of the Lisa Altman Volunteer Tribute Award, and Alexis Mayer Goldstein and Carly Mayer Freed, Young Leadership Award recipients this coming Sunday. Ilana Silber is Executive Director of Shar Sherrod. Ilana, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nahum. I really appreciate your giving me some time every year this time of year. It's so critical for us to raise awareness, and uh, your community is so responsive to Shar Sherrod and our cause, so I appreciate the time. Well, I thank you for that. Uh, it's another uh, it's another wonderful morning with Shar Sherrod, 1030 this coming Sunday morning in Teaneck, New Jersey. It's incredible how the organization continues to grow. And, and I guess one of the things I ask you each year is what updates could you give us about the last 12 months, some of the things that have happened since the last benefit that's taken place? I think one of the biggest things that's happened is uh, we have really expanded nationally. While Sharsheret's programs were always available in all 50 states, uh, we piloted a regional office in South Florida about three and a half years ago which proved to be very successful, raising tremendous awareness on the ground um, in South Florida. And following that, the success of that pilot, last summer we launched an office in Los Angeles. And the response there, again, has been tremendous, uh, reaching women that we never would have reached before by having some kind of physical presence on the ground. So that's been huge and really positioning Sherrod on the West Coast and also extending our hours. Our offices have always been open 9 to 5 Eastern time. Having a Los Angeles office enables us to keep our office hours open even later. And for those women who might be working during the day or are taking care of their children and don't have the opportunity to have some quiet time to talk to Sherrod, they can schedule time to speak with us even after 5 p.m. Eastern time. I would guess that when the organization began, the majority of consultations and uh, and questions that came in were by telephone. Uh, I would assume that now in 2017, uh, technology has dictated that uh, really many different methods are used uh, to be in touch with people and for people to reach out to you. I mean, it, it, you just mentioned something about the West Coast being included in your hours having to be extended. I would guess at this point, Sherrod could be a 24-hour-a-day operation answering questions from around the world through technology. Right. So we do actually have live chat on our website, and you can reach us 24 hours a day. Sherrod is remaining on the cutting edge of technology with live chat. We launched a brand-new website this year, um, and people can reach us from anywhere, anytime. What we also value is the personal touch. So while we definitely rely on technology to make that first contact with ShareShare, we always follow up with a human being. Our clinical team has grown. We have six social workers, genetic counselor, a psychotherapist on staff, so that's growing because it really goes hand in hand. In this age of technology in 2017, that personal touch is so critical. These are very intimate conversations that we're having. These are concerns that are very personal. And having a human being on the other end of the line is so much more comforting and so much more empowering to the person making the call to Sharshara. Speaking of comfort, by the way, many people, especially those who, thank God, are not familiar uh, with these types of things, whether it be breast cancer, ovarian cancer, etc., those whose families have not yet or have never, thank God, um, uh, been affected by the disease, uh, a lot of people don't realize, especially, again, those who are far away from it, don't realize how many success stories you have 
how uh, how when someone calls you out of desperation and wonders, you know, is this the beginning of the end of their life? God forbid. It, it really, in in most cases, the majority of cases, the numbers bear out. It really is a, a a new beginning for them and one that, please God, they'll be able to recover from. That must be one of the most reassuring things that your counselors, that your people, tell those on the other end on a regular basis. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And not only is it helpful for us and meaningful for us, what we've been doing in the last year is sharing those stories with the public. If you visit our Sharetz website and specifically to our blog, you will read stories of women um, reaching out to Sharsharet and learning from their experiences. Sharsharet's all about sharing the experience. Today, medicine is so personalized. No two diagnoses are exactly the same, yet there are some similarities in experience. So by sharing the women's individual stories beyond the counselors at Sharsharet, but sharing with the public, other women are learning what they can expect from their diagnosis and their treatment and it's really critical that those stories get out there. So they're on our blog, and every week there are about two or three new stories from women who are sharing their experience. And I encourage anyone, whether your family has been touched by cancer or not, to check out the blog because it not only shares the stories from women, there's new information from medical professionals and stories of volunteers and friends who are involved with the organization. All right, before I ask you about the honorees, Ilana Silber is with us. Before I ask you about the honorees, uh, just tell people, how to place a reservation for this coming Sunday morning. Uh, go to our website, www.sharsharet.org, or call the office, 866-474-2774. Uh, the phones are ringing. The emails are pouring in. People have RSVP'd by mail. I mean, we are feeling very fortunate. There are more than 550 reservations, and we have room for more, so we encourage you to please call and make your reservation. There are still seats available. All right, when you guys decide to honor people, uh, it's people who have done what types of things for the organization? These are people that have helped the organization grow significantly. Uh, specifically, our benefit honoree, Sarah Olshin, Sarah Rudolph Olshin, she's been involved from day one. She was sitting around the table with our founder, Rochelle Shoretz, thinking that she was just joining an organization that was trying to do a bake sale. She didn't realize that she was going to have an integral role in growing the organization. So going back 16 years, she helped with uh, PR and communications. And ever since that day, she's been guiding us, um, educating us on how to improve our programs and how to better reach women who are facing breast and ovarian cancer. So these are women this year who've really been an important part of the organization. Uh, and we congratulate all of them. You mentioned uh, Sarah Rudolph Olshin. We uh, extend our mazel tov wishes to um, uh, to Rena Cole and to Alexis Mayer Goldstein and to Carly Mayer Freed, uh, all among the recipients of awards this coming Sunday. Well, Sharsharet is pretty well known to this audience. Everybody out there, uh, you know the great work that they do, and they continue to do amazing work. Um, uh, go to the uh, website at sharsheret.org. That's S-H-A-R-S-H-E-R-E-T.org, sharsheret.org. Or you can dial 866-474-2774. That's 866-474-2774. You can get more information about the uh, organization. And certainly you can place a reservation for this coming Sunday at 1030 in the morning at the Teaneck Marriott for the Sharsheret um, uh, breakfast, the annual, I should say, annual benefit luncheon that's happening this coming Sunday. Ilana Silber, anything you'd like to add? Um, yeah, I'd love to just share the two uh, messages that we wanted to educate the community. We take this opportunity, while it is a fundraiser and helps to sustain the financial 
um, or the financial sustainability of the organization, we also take this opportunity to educate the community. And while not everyone listening today will be there Sunday, so I just wanted to share um, that one of the focuses of education this year is about the hereditary risk that's increased for the Ashkenazi Jewish community, that one in 40 Jews of Ashkenazi descent carries a BRCA gene mutation, significantly increasing the risk for hereditary breast and ovarian cancer. Um, and we encourage everyone to call Sharsharet to understand their risk and the measures they can do to protect their health. Excellent. People need to know that. And it's uh, th- this is something that's always evolving, right? There's always developments in that area. Yeah, and the genetics, um, genetics is all the rage, and that's how um, we're understanding illness and treatment. So even beyond the BRCA gene mutations, they've identified other ones that are very prevalent in the Jewish community, um, including CHECK2 and PALB2. So if there is uh, breast cancer, ovarian cancer in your family, please feel free to call Sharsher. We have a genetic counselor on staff who can help you anonymously if you prefer and help you understand your family's risk. If you understand your risk, there are things you can do to save your life, and that's what we want to help you do. All right, phenomenal. Ilana, I hope I know it'll be a major event and a, and a well-attended and major success this coming Sunday. Continued success to the organization. It's incredible to see uh, how you're growing nationwide and the influence you're having around the world. And uh, I'm sure that uh, it's it's bringing the founders of the organization, even Rochi Shoritz, who's no longer with us, but it's bringing her great nachas, I'm sure, as she continues to uh, look down and see everybody grow. Thank you. I appreciate that. Continued success. Sharsheret uh, has their luncheon this coming Sunday. Sharsheret.org is the website for information and to place a reservation. You could also dial 866-474-2774, 866-474-2774. You're listening to JM in the AM. Me light 
That is the um, uh, that's the selection from six thirteen from the uh, CD entitled "Blessings Gam Kielech" here at JM in the AM. Well, Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal is with us live via telephone. We've always had a, a tremendous admiration for the Yachad organization. He directs Yachad New York, and their Northeast Regional Shabbaton is this Shabbos. It's their thirty first annual family Shabbaton. They have over a thousand people coming, and uh, we always pay tribute to them around the time of their um, uh, their big family Shabbaton because of the work that Yachad does for families in our community. Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal, welcome to JM in the AM. Well, good morning, Nachum. Thank you so much for having me on. A pleasure. Very excited. Uh, it is remarkable that a thousand people take advantage of the family Shabbaton, uh, and again, it's happening this coming Shabbos. Why is it? Why is it that uh, when Yachad puts together? A family Shabbaton. Families, I wouldn't say I wouldn't use the word desperate, but it seems that families are anxious, are anxious to be there and to take advantage. Well, exactly. I mean, over the last, and this is really the end of our uh, last two months of putting in a tremendous amount of effort. I have to really give a lot of credit to our director of special events, uh, to Uva Stern, and to all the staff in New York. It's been a tremendous undertaking. <clears throat> we have. So many families who benefit from Yachad's services and programming, and you know, as soon as we open up the registration for the Shabbaton, this is going back uh, close to two months ago, there are families who literally are waiting all year for this event. And the moment the email comes out, they're right on it, and they're signing up, and we are fielding calls nonstop. And as you said, we have you know over a thousand people who are coming, many many families of individuals with disabilities who. This is this is a, a beautiful Shabbos for them. We spare nothing. It's in a beautiful hotel with unbelievable food and programming and entertainment. So this is very 
special. It's very meaningful to our families, and, and they really look forward to this all year long. How has the season been? How has the 5777 year gone for Yachad in the New York area? Well, it's been a tremendous year. It's been a year of growth. It's been a, a year of success. We have just in just in the New York, New Jersey area, just to give you a little snippet, you know, we had 37 Shabbatons. And as you're, I'm sure many of your listeners know, our Shabbatons are um, what we're probably most uh, well-known for, and that's visiting different communities and different schools, joining with elementary schools, high schools, communities. So just in the local area, New York, New Jersey, we've had 37 of them this year, and that's hundreds of members, hundreds, hundreds of students, families, community members who are promoting inclusion, which is what we do at Yachad, and to try to create an environment and an experience of inclusion where members and individuals with disabilities can interact at all levels with our Jewish population. Uh, Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal is with us live via telephone. There, there is a, um, and I don't know if the youth in our community is responsible for it. Maybe you could shed some more light on it. There, there is an incredible effort in our community to uh, uh, continue to include, uh, to, make, yeah. to make inclusion a very important part of, uh, of youngsters' lives and really families' lives in our community. And it's remarkable to see the way summer camps, uh, the way that yeshivot, the way that shuls, the way that individuals, teenagers and younger, have opened up and have included those who are, um, you know, part of the Ahad program. And it's just, um, I, I don't know, is there, is there, is there something, for, uh, something about this you could analyze for us or give us a comment that would, that would indicate just how far we've come in this area? Well, I, I think your points are excellent, and I, I look forward to continued uh, growth in all those areas that you mentioned. I, we've seen um, so much of a, of a welcoming feeling from all the communities and the summer camps. We have many summer programs. Um, we're constantly approached by organizations, by community uh, endeavors, summer camps who are looking to create an experience of inclusion, and uh, that wasn't always the case. This is our 31st annual family Shabbaton, um, but in those years that Yah has been promoting inclusion, uh, it's grown tremendously, and our summer presence continues to grow. We are contacted by communities, new communities in the local New York, New Jersey area, and really beyond, all over the country, growing communities who are looking to bring individuals with disabilities closer and more intimately into their synagogue life, into their community life, and that's what we do, and that's what we've been promoting. So it's very exciting for us to see the welcomingness of all these communities. I just yesterday received an email from an up-and-coming community in New Jersey who was very excited that their shul is growing, and they would love to have a Shabbaton. They would love to bring a group of Yachad members and to engage with the community. So this is very exciting for us. And, you know, to analyze it, I, I think it's just it speaks to the to the Ahdud of, of Klai Yisrael and welcoming our own members and our own uh, Jewish population who belongs as a part of Klai Yisrael really into the into the intimate folds of, of their communities. Oh, no question about it. The eighth grade leadership track, that's something that's part of the Shabbaton or that's something that's going on all year round? So we, we do have um, eighth grade involvement over the course of the year, but this specifically is a chance for those eighth graders who uh, the local day schools have identified as future leaders, as those who would be team members of Yachad, who would 
be uh, involved in our endeavors and to help promote inclusion. So we have a separate track that runs for them at this Shabbaton. So amongst the, you know, the thousand people that are there and the families and all of what we have going on, the programming for the siblings and for everything, we have, in addition to that, um, an eighth grade track of about 30 of the uh, eighth graders who have been identified by their principals and assistant principals as those that would be future leaders at Yachad. So we provide them with some workshops and really leadership and how to be involved and how to grow themselves and to help promote inclusion. So we're very excited about that. It's always been very successful. And this year, once again, we have a great group of eighth graders from the local area who will be uh, hopefully benefiting and learning a lot about what Yachad does and what they can do as well. No, you're doing a great job. Leadership skills are so vital, and the Yachad is one way for kids to obtain it. It's the 31st annual Family Shabbaton this weekend. Over 1,000 people, 130 volunteers will be programming for parents, caregivers, siblings, and individuals with disabilities. Great work of Yachad. Uh, we have an opportunity to highlight here at JM&AM. Rabbi Aaron Rosenthal is director of Yachad New York. How do people get information about Yachad? What's the best way? So we have our website, yachad.org, and that really is our home base, and you can find all the information. Um, there are different chapters, so if uh, listeners are, find themselves in different areas around the country and even in Israel, we, uh, we have branches all over, and we're happy to answer any questions and hopefully be the address that can help them with their child or with their uh, family members that uh, have a disability and would like to be involved with our programming and services and family support, uh, we're here. We're the one-stop address to help them in any way possible. And any of your listeners have any specific questions uh, that I can help with them with, of course, they can reach out to me at rosenthala at ou.org. Uh, but again, yachad.org is the best address for all the information. Rabbi, Rabbi Rosenthal, enjoy the weekend. It looks like it's going to be a great Shabbaton, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, it should be. Thanks so much, Nathan, for having me on. A pleasure. By Aaron Rosenthal, director of Yachad New York, it is, in fact, going to be an amazing Shabbaton. They do it each and every year, and it's uh, pretty remarkable. This is in addition to their tens of Shabbatonim that go on on a regular basis. 22 is the number. Day 22 in the counting of the Omer. Plenty more coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM. <laughs>
Sphera format Wednesday with the uh, Bitachon selection. Anima Amin here on a Wednesday morning. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at AchimSegal.com on the AchimSegal Network and of course on our beloved NSN app. Well, the legend himself, Frank London, is with us live via telephone. Many of you are familiar with uh, the great Frank London. He's a composer. He's a trumpeteer. He is uh, associated with some of the most amazing and incredible uh, klezmer acts and bands and orchestras of all time. And the Folksbian Theater brings back Frank London, Alexander Aaron, and Glenn Berger in a musical, and Glenn Berger's musical, uh, that we're going to call A Night in the Old Marketplace. Frank, in a moment, when he joins us, is going to tell us the other word and how it's pronounced. The theater concert will be narrated by downtown's Edgar Oliver, and it comes to Magical Life on May 4th and May 6th. This is happening at the Museum of the Jewish Heritage, which is now the home of the National Yiddish Theater of Folksbina. Um, and it starts at 8 p.m. on Thursday, May the 4th, and 9.30 p.m. on Saturday night, May the 6th. Frank London, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's so good to be on JM in the AM, Nachum. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate that. All right, help me with this word. Do you know how we pronounce it? Which one by Nachdaf Mountain Mark? Well, the one that says here is Phantasmagoria. Oh, I thought it was the Yiddish that you were having fun <laughs> with. 
Uh, you know, the, the, our piece, of Night in the Old Marketplace, is it's a crazy new uh, Jewish musical, but it's based on one of the most famous Yiddish theater plays of all time by the great uh, Yudlam and Peretz, who in 1917 wrote this really crazy uh, piece called and Night in the Old Marketplace, and it kind of... Uh, Revolutionary, the revolutionized the Yiddish theater world a hundred years ago, and now we're bringing it back. Our version is in English, but the story is pretty much based on uh, based on uh, Peretz's story, and it's kind of like a Jewish corpse bride of all things. Hmm. Well, what impact did it have years ago? Like, what was revolutionary about it that uh, you know called well, everybody's <laughs> that called everybody's yeah, attention yeah. to it? Yeah, I mean, without getting into deep in theater history, basically a lot of the things that we think of uh, about contemporary modern avant-garde theater came actually from Peretz, because uh, his idea of um, uh, of the the author is in the play, he's lying on the stage, he's asleep. This entire play can be thought of as a dream. Uh, in original, there was over a hundred characters, many of whom came on and had one line each. Basically, this play was at the dawn of modernity, the beginning of the new era, which we sadly know also marked uh, uh, a tragic end for Jewish lush, shadow life and Yiddish life in Europe. And Peretz, uh, back in 1900, saw that this was coming already, and he wrote this crazy play about one night one crazy night in a small town where the dead all come to life, and they try to challenge God's command overnight, and marry the living to the dead, and bring on bring on the end of days, and of course, doesn't work. <laughs> so, so he's so he's literally lamenting before even the end of the era, the end of your yeah. the end of European jury, or at least the way it was as he remembered it in the very early 1900s. Yeah, and we're not talking about the Holocaust right. even as, as much as the fact that when the modern era came, shuttle life was no longer what it was in the pre-modern era. Right. And he kind of was smart enough to realize that. But he, he called it, uh, it's, it's, you know, he called it a tragic carnival spiel, like, a, like an old Purim spiel, a carnival play. And, yeah, it's phantasmagorical, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for it's sure. Really, and and we do it in a very modern way, but it, the lead character is a botkin, a botkin who's gotten crazy. It's it's very it's it's actually a lot of fun. It's it's one of the most uh, kind of uh, dark and fun kind of Jewish ghost stories that I know in the great tradition of like um, Isaac Bashevis Singer's great Jewish ghost stories. I I love Jewish ghost stories. Amazing. All right, uh, Frank London's with us live via telephone. Two performances, Thursday night the 4th and then Saturday night the 6th at the Museum of Jewish Heritage. I mean, is, is it dominated by music? I mean, what, what happens oh, here? Oh, it's, it's, it's entirely music. Basically, uh, we have a wonderful narrator, Mr. Edgar Oliver, who's a wonderful kind of downtown legend, and he talks you through the story, but it's all songs and video, and we have great singers, uh, Lawrence Blamberg of the Klezmatics, my partner, for many years in redefining uh, Yiddish music. He's one of the singers, and the band is all made up of different people who are kind of mainstays on this contemporary Klezmer downtown scene. So we, re it, yeah, it basically sort of takes 
klezmer and Yiddish music into this interesting cabaret place. And, yeah, it's really enjoyable. It's, it's all music and craziness. I mean, I just, you know, it's funny because here we have somebody who's lamenting, you know, the old country, so to speak, or the way things used to be in the ghetto. And, you know, the, the, the truth is that, uh, that, that, that often we're talking about the way things used to be in the Yiddish theater and the way, the way things used to be, you know, in the, in the community in general. And it's like, it, it seems like this is one of the themes of Jewish life, always looking back and, and, uh, lamenting that things are not exactly the way they used to be, huh? Well, it's true, except uh, you keep on saying lamenting, but it's also celebrating. Right, that's true. And, and, and it, you know, it's done with great joy. It's also done with a great dark sense of humor. Right. But it really is done with great joy, and it's so interesting because it's so informed by every aspect of, of Jewish mysticism and folklore and superstition. Paris was a great folklorist also. And he did, went around the villages connect, collecting songs, collecting folk stories. I've actually learned more about obscure aspects of Jewish mysticism from uh, doing this, uh, from creating this work, than I have from many other things in my experience. I mean, I, 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 you must be lecturing on these topics at this point, am I right? I mean, it's... No, I just talked about it with wonderful people like you <laughs> and your audience, and, you know, it's fun. Actually, I am. I just got back from Korea, and I'm going over to Japan next week, and I'm giving lots of lectures on Yiddish music and klezmer music, and yes, I guess I am. There's a great uh, video of, of me working with a bunch of Korean traditional musicians playing uh, all Hasidic Nagunim, so yeah. <laughs> I, assu- I, I assume those videos are available to the public? Oh, yeah, sure. God, God, good old YouTube. Everything's up there, that's for sure. I mean, I got ch- to check that out. When you say you're going to Japan for that purpose, you're not kidding around. You're being serious. No, well, why would I kid you? you I know. know. <laughs> um, but it's just amazing that people on the other side of the world have a fascination with, with these topics. It's just, it's just incredible. I mean, look, our culture, look, you've been doing your radio show for so many years. You haven't run out of things to play. In fact, you probably <laughs> get more and more recordings every year. Our culture is flourishing. And it and it and it's based on hundreds of years of of culture, thousands of years of religion. So no, of course it's 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 in such a beautiful and diverse place. Look at the wide spectrum of music you get to play and that I get to play. I mean, we're we're blessed. It really is amazing. The legendary Frank London is with us. Uh, he'll be part of it, of course. Everybody, Thursday, May fourth at eight p.m. Saturday night, May sixth at nine thirty p.m. National Yiddish Theater. The folks, Bina is at the Museum of Jewish Heritage with a night at the Old Marketplace. A night at the Old Marketplace is the name of the show. And uh, isn't it amazing? It's now 2017, and there's, thank God, a home for the National Yiddish Theater. I mean, it's so wonderful. Oh, it's the best thing. And it's great because they're both reviving old Yiddish pieces that haven't been seen in literally over 100 years. And then they're supporting new Yiddish works like the stuff I create. Um, I was actually, you, you'll love this, I was just out in Cuba doing <laughs> the, de- the debut of a Yiddish-Cuban opera that I've been working on. Amazing. I yeah, mean, I, I don't it, know what to say. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's wonderful. And, that, and, and we hope to bring that to New York with the folks, Dina. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah. What can, yeah you tell so, us, what can you tell us about Jewish life in Cuba right now? Uh, Jewish life in Cuba... Uh, it's, uh, it's a small community. It's a really small community, but there's vibrant. There's two active synagogues, both an Ashkenazic and a Sephardic one in Havana. 
And uh, we actually had good Yiddish conversations with one or two of the last living Yiddish speakers who, who are still in Havana. You found Yiddish speakers in Havana? Oh, heck yeah. We find them everywhere in Akram. Of course we do. <laughs> Pretty amazing, I must yeah. say. And if, um, any of your, if any of your listeners go to Havana, I encourage them to go what's, to what's called the Patronato, which is the Jewish community, and meet the, uh, the lovely old women who speak Yiddish. And, uh, yeah, great. Must have been an amazing journey. Uh, yeah. Frank London, it, it's incredible. Your, 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 your professionalism and your work is remarkable. Your attitude and joy when it comes to the Jewish projects is just uh, w- incredible. It, it, it is um, contagious. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank it is you. contagious. Continued success. Good luck with this show. It's going to be a, okay. a night at the old marketplace, and it'll feel like the old marketplace that night, right? It will. Okay. <laughs> Thank Zyke is in. Frank. There he is, legendary Frank London. He's amazing. Not just a great musician, but uh, like I say, his enthusiasm for everything Jewish is so wonderful. Incredible. Wednesday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up in a sphere of format Wednesday if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
קטונתי מכל החסדים ומכל רועמס אשר שיסו בסעדך. קטונתי מכל החסדים ומכל רועמס אשר שיסו בסעדך. קטונתי מכל החסדים ומכל רועמס אשר עשיסו אסנדך. קטעתי מכל החסדים ומכל רועמס אשר עשיסו אסנדך. כי במקלי אמרתי אס הירדן ואתה איסי לשני מחנאיס. אצילני נא, אצילני נא, אצילני נא.
Selection from the Tavim here at JMM. Before that, the Lakol's Man done by Leif Tahor here on a JM and the AM Sphere Format Wednesday. Day 22 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Um, again, day number 22, three weeks in one day. A reminder, tomorrow night at uh, Congregation Renat Yisrael in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, climbing the career decision tree. How the science of behavioral economics can help you achieve the career you want. Uh, this will be Gary Belsky, who's going to be speaking, the award-winning author, uh, at Renat Yisrael, 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night in Teaneck, 389 West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey. Uh, information, you can go to Project Ezra. Go to Ezra.org, E-Z-R-A-H.org. That's E-Z-R-A-H. Uh, org for more information about the event. All righty. Culinary for a Cause takes place tonight. Uh, to benefit Haor Beacon, uh, Aviva Friedman, S.D. Wolby, Sylvia Fallis, Ari White, Mark Garfinkel, all part of the amazing lineup. Culinary for a Cause tonight at 7 p.m. at the Unusual of Avenue K. Information, culinaryforacause.com, culinaryforacause.com. Cantor's World presents Mincha Marev and Sphira Davening with Cantor's Yitzchak Meir Helfgott, Yaakov Rosenfeld, and Yaakov Motzen this coming Sunday starting at 7 p.m. at the First Congregation on Chase Fard of Borough Park on 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Check that out. Cantor's World brings that to you. The Beaker Cholom of the Lower East Side this coming Monday has a, um, a cooking demonstration by Naomi Nachman. Our very own Naomi Nachman, uh, Lower East Side, Beaker Cholim, this coming Monday night at 8 p.m. at the Orenstein Building on Bialystoker Place. Information, contact Beaker Cholim, the Lower East Side of Manhattan. All righty. JM in the AM, and we will go to um, the brand-new Kumsitz in the Rain, volume number three. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to our Amazing Yom Hatzmaut special yesterday. Had the privilege and pleasure of being in Israel for Yom Hatzmaut, and it was great having Mayor Weingarten in studio and uh, doing the whole across the Atlantic thing. Uh, and thanks to everybody for the comments and for uh, making sure to be tuned in on a very special Yom Hatzmaut morning. Don't forget Yom Yerushalayim is coming up the 24th of May, 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Information, you uh, go to Mizrahi.org slash YY50. Again, Mizrahi.org slash YY50.
J.M. in the A.M. Billy Yerushalayim off of the uh, 613, uh, excuse me, off of the Kumsitz in the Rain, uh, volume number three CD, here on a Sphere of Format uh, a Wednesday morning. Uh, good to be back in our New York City studios. It was an amazing day yesterday in Israel as we um, we were on the Israel side of our Yom Hatzmud, Israel Independence Day special. I want to thank Mayor Weingarten, who was here in studio. It was a pleasure speaking to you from Israel yesterday and... Uh, transmitting some of the sights and sounds of the incredible day to our wonderful listeners. Uh, many of you may be aware of the fact that May is Women's Month at the JNF, at the Jewish National Fund. And Myra Chak Fleischer is National Vice President for Women of Women for Israel. Um, Myra Chak Fleischer is a Zionist in her heart and in her blood. Her great-grandfather joined the movement at the first Zionist Congress in 1897. She has led JNF's San Diego chapter and served on multiple JNF boards, also served the local community in many other ways as well. She's an advocate for women's leadership, national vice president of Women for Israel, member of the Task Force on Disabilities, and chair of the LOTEM committee. We've spoken very often about LOTEM here. Uh, at JMNAM, member of uh, Makor and of the Sapphire Society and demonstrates professional leadership as partner and founder of an esteemed family law firm. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to JMNAM, Myra Chak Fleischer on this Wednesday morning. Myra, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. I have to correct the record, though. My my great-grandfather didn't get to go. He was set to go, but he uh, he couldn't go because my grandmother was about to be born, so he didn't leave. But he was set to go. <laughs> So, I have you, to be honest there. How do you like that? I, I assume you've been able to uh, participate in many Zionist and Israeli activities to make up for the fact that he missed that one. <laughs> uh, many, many, as, 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 as my grandparents and, and my parents and everybody. So, yes, we thought of, all good now. We thought of JNF yesterday when we were in uh, Jerusalem for the uh, Israel Independence Day celebration, and I'm sure you're aware that just coming up in a couple of weeks for the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem, there'll be a lot of JNF activities in the Holy City? A lot of JNF activities. We're taking several hundred people to Israel. I'll actually be there the week before. I'm coming back from my daughter's uh, college graduation. I had to make a decision, but <laughs> I'll be there the week before, actually, with uh, the Lotem Task Force. We're going to be uh, touring Lotem and doing some meetings about what we are we are going to be doing to help fundraise some more for Lotem. So it's funny that you mentioned Lotem, and, and it is Women's Month, so we are, are doing a lot of things to help fundraise for Lotem. Well, we've gone ahead and described uh, multiple times the incredible work that Lotem is doing and the, how their leadership continues to grow that section of the organization. It really is remarkable, and they have a tremendous amount to be proud of. So how, how did you first get involved with JNF? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have been involved in the Jewish community and with my synagogue and philanthropy for for my whole life, I'm one of those people I call the perennial joiners. If somebody <laughs> says, will you, I say yes before the rest of the words come out of their mouth. And uh, uh, I have a very good friend here, Lauren Lizerbram, and her husband, Saul, and they've been involved with JNF for a million years, and actually Saul's going to be the next national president of, of JNF. Wow. And uh, they had asked me multiple times to be on the board here in San Diego, and I said multiple times no, and then one day I said yes. Um, it was because I was so busy. And uh, I came to the National Conference for the first time in Cincinnati, and it's kind of like drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, you always think that 
JNF is the little blue boxes and it's trees and you don't realize the breadth and scope of what JNF really does. And I was one of those people uh, until I got a really clear picture and got on the board and uh, really knew that JNF, as I like to put it, um, touches the lives of every Israeli from the moment they wake up in the morning until the moment they close their eyes to go to sleep at night. Uh, there is so much that JNF does uh, to help people in Israel so that they can really just take care of, of everything else in their lives because they've had so much to deal with since their inception of the country. Uh, Myra Chak Fleischer is with us. Yeah, well said. There's no question about it. I was, In fact, I was thinking about it yesterday being there for the Independence Day celebrations, not only uh, you know the lives of uh, of Israelis and people living in Israel from morning to night, but really the uh, the the breadth of the entire the length and breadth of the entire country from north to south, and across the entire country. It's amazing how many things they're involved with. Um, have you used this uh, opportunity of of being in the leadership of JNF to uh, promote the fact that women need to be more involved in the area of philanthropy? You know, we have. You know, this is Women's Month, and and truly, I think that the women's campaign has changed how JNF is. Uh, I think it's about 13, 14 years ago that the women's campaign came to be, and it was long before I was involved, but it was partly because a group of women wanted to do a project that was in the Negev. And uh, at the time, they were told that, well, if you want to do that project, you go raise the money. Mm. And so they did. And that project at a kindergarten down in the Negev was what spearheaded the idea of, of a uh, project called Blueprint Negev, which became an overarching theme to bring people down to the Negev because everybody lives in the center of the country. So that uh, mission or vision, shall we say, has become the overarching uh, vision of JNF to get people out of the center of the country, to build infrastructure into the Negev, to get people to live down in the 60% of the land mass, and that is what we're doing. So we fund now projects that are down in that lower part of the country so that there's infrastructure, schools, uh, housing, uh, medical centers, everything that you need to bring 300,000 people down to that area of the country. And that started about 10, 11 years ago. And now we've moved, we're going north. That's the next project is to go north. That started a few years ago to do the same for the northern part of the country. And that, I believe, really was spearheaded by a group of women who were told, if you want to fund that project, and that's where the Sapphire Society started. So women's philanthropy has changed the face, I think, of Jewish National Fund. And it really is, I think, changing the face of philanthropy. I mean, the statistics play it out, changing the face of philanthropy in America and across the world. Because um, right now, uh, women's growth financial muscle is growing because women are becoming uh, more wealthy and where they donate their dollars is very important in the world. So we're a force to be reckoned with. And, we, we, say. and we know the impact that women have had for thousands of years when it comes to uh, uh, the building of Israel and the land of Israel and expanding, as you've uh, indicated. And uh, that's why I said the length of Israel earlier, because now both north and south, we could say, has roots in terms of the effort to bring people in the hundreds of thousands to both areas, has roots right. in the in the uh, in the women's campaign uh, for JNF, and uh, it is women who are behind uh, the entire effort. Myra Chak Fleischer is with us live via telephone as we talk about some of the things that are happening with JNF and the women's campaign and the. Uh, 
and the incredible impact that it's having in the country as we speak. What would you say to women who are listening right now um, who are not involved with JNF, may not know much about the organization, and might frankly be thinking like they're not at a level that they could be helpful? What would you say to them at this point? You know, it doesn't matter what level you are at. The Women's Campaign starts with a donation of $360 to be part of the Women's Alliance. Every dollar that you donate to uh, JNF, we spend about 85 cents of it on Israel. Um, we are all Israel all the time. Uh, if not, I, I always say to people, if not us, then who? Um, who is going to help Israel, uh, if not American Jews? Um, the Women's Campaign is a cadre of women who are very committed to Israel. We have amazing lay leaders around the country. and. It has changed my life because these are women who are from every walk of life. Not all of them work. Not all of them stay at home with children. Some of them are retired. Some of them are young and are just starting out in their careers or their marriages. We have people um, from all backgrounds and walks of life, but we have a common goal. Our common goal is to help fundraise for Israel. Some are more involved than others. I'm very involved in the organization. Some just come to events occasionally or come to the national conference once a year. Some are major donors, some are small donors, but we all have a common goal and that brings us together. And it doesn't matter, just people who make a donation feel that special affinity within Israel. And I think we as American Jews have that responsibility. There really is a role for everybody. If anybody wants to be active, they will find a role uh, certainly in this organization. the uh, Are you going to get an opportunity? I know you're there the week before Jerusalem Day. Will you have an opportunity to see what's been happening on Ammunition Hill, the JNF uh, influence on that uh, beautiful visitor center that's just opening up on Ammunition Hill? I probably will get up there. I have a few days that I'm going to try and get around, I'm getting in touch with some of the partners that we have up at uh, the different sites. Um, hopefully I will get up to Ammunition Hill. I was there last year, and I actually dedicated a plaque in honor of my father-in-law's uh, 90th birthday. Wow. I put oh, a plaque up so for you're, him. He's, so, so you're he's very, 92 now. So you're very familiar with the project. <laughs> very familiar with the project. You know, as a McCor speaker uh, and fundraiser, you, you have to stay on top of all the projects, and I have to say that there are so many projects happening in Israel that even as somebody very involved uh, with the projects, I have a hard time keeping up with them. Yeah. There are so many that we do. Yeah, sometimes I think I'm good at keeping up, and I realize I'm not. Uh, Myra, let me ask you, especially as we see more and more countries around the world approaching Israel for the technology that Israel has developed, and we know when it comes to water, JNF is the backbone of, of what Israel's been able to accomplish over all these decades. As the, as the water campaign continues, we know a lot of people around the world who are supporting it. What are your thoughts as you see and hear about uh, different countries' leaderships from around the world, uh, either visiting Israel or approaching Israel for their advice and technology. You know, I I find it interesting because a lot of countries quietly go to Israel who may not vote for Israel at the uh, United Nations, and they ask for the technology and they ask for the help, and Israel always helps, no matter what. Yep. Uh, because they have to. They, you know, water is a crisis all around the world. I live in California, okay? Um, we just built our first desalinization plant, and where did we get the technology and the ideas? We got them from Israel. Uh, they went over to Israel, got the how-tos years ago, and worked with the, the people in Israel to figure out 
how to do this and how to build a desalinization plant in California. And so I think the entire world should look at Israel, and they do, and only a few smart countries are starting to come around now and, and get that information from Israel. Yeah, and I was surprised to hear I mean, uh, the, the, the role that Israel's had in California dealing with its drought. I mean, there, there are states in the United States, even, even some outside of California, that are literally turning to Israel to help with their own local problems. And, you know, you think that the U.S. could deal with anything on their own. They actually have to turn to Israel for assistance on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that out here that the and it wasn't even in the news media. I mean, this is stuff that I got through JNF right. and through talking to people out here because we had um, some meetings with the people who uh, run the desalinization plant. It wasn't in the news media I, I, that Israel was that involved. It was very quiet, but it happens behind the scenes. Israel doesn't take a lot of credit for any of this stuff. It just happens. May is Women's Month at the Jewish National Fund. Myra Chak Fleischer is vice pre- national vice president of Women for Israel. Women represent a huge part of the campaign here in the U.S., and they continue, uh, everybody, women, men, everybody, continue to do an amazing job when it comes to supporting uh, causes and different projects that JNF continues uh, to use um, around Israel to allow different parts of Israel to flourish and different organizations and different efforts in Israel to flourish. It is really remarkable. And we look forward to uh, seeing up close and personal just a couple of weeks, some more of the JNF work in Israel when we are there for Jerusalem Day. Uh, Myra, cannot thank you enough. The work that's being done by lay leadership and those who are are working full-time with JNF is simply remarkable. And I thank you for helping us focus on some of it today. Well, thank you, Nathan. It was a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you very much for that. More coming up on a Wednesday morning broadcast. You're listening to JM in the AM. Come and 
J.M. in the A.M. Uh, let's see, what was that? <laughs> that was that was uh, the Mishorim Choir. Before that, Hamalach done by Cole Zimra here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, ready to wrap things up for a, uh, what is today, Wednesday broadcast. Thanks again to everybody for tuning in yesterday for our Yom Ha'atzmaut special. It was a pleasure bringing it to you, that's for sure. And then big thank you to Mayor Weingarten. Coming up next, is it worthwhile keeping the Nachum Siegel Network on all day long? The answer is yes. Coming up next, Yoni Pollock with Bite Size. He will feature an interview that Tova Knecht has done with Eitan Morgenstern, an Olef from Alabama. Eitan Morgenstern, an Olef from Alabama, Tova Knecht's guest, all part of Yoni Pollock's Bite Size show coming up just a couple of minutes from now at the top of the hour. Live lunch will be hosted by Avrami between 11 and 1 o'clock. So make sure to be tuned in for the Wednesday live lunch. Uh, we'll close things out on this uh, on this uh, Wednesday morning with Ari Goldwag.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JM in the AM. Thank you very, very much for tuning in and being part of it. Bite Size with Yoni Pollock is next at the Nahum Siegel Network. Plenty more tomorrow morning starting at 6 a.m. I hope you'll join us for another fun-filled morning between 6 and 9 tomorrow. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.